Welcome into the Fairweather Podcast, where we discuss all things San Diego Loyal Soccer Club. The Fairweather Podcast is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network and sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. Hi! What up? Need sound effects. <laughs> Thank you. How are you doing today? Oh, as I take a drink of my water, I am doing really well. Super happy, really good things going on. Um, but it's hot. So I'm, I'm feeling yeah, it, hot, but I feel good, you know? No, for yet. sure. For sure. Same. I mean, we've uh, installed a little mini air conditioner in the office because there was like no way I'm working another summer without some sort of air circulation so uh i am in currently enjoying that but during the day i do not get to enjoy that uh so yes very warm um the dogs want to like cuddle and i'm like no do not lay next to me because you are a furnace uh but i mean they're they're staying away from me now but i'm sitting on the couch they like to curl up a little bit and it's like san diego hot i get i realize it's like it's only 85 but it's like it's hot. We don't have AC here. So, uh, yeah. yeah. I'm going to uh, enjoy all of the uh, dry heat or whatever they want to call it. But, you know, I'm in for some big changes soon. So we'll see. Yeah. Humidity <laughs> is in your future uh, for yes. sure. Oof. Good luck with that. <laughs> uh, so um, we got tipped off that stone brewing would be releasing some seltzers and i'm surprised you're not enjoying one right now but i know you You have enjoyed them yes i had pretty much all of a case so there's 12 in a case last friday or yeah it was last friday and some of saturday but it's hot on and on the week on tuesday i feel like it's kind of much to like drink this early in the week. I mean, I don't care about being judged by others necessarily. I just know if I drink today, I'm going to drink tomorrow and then I'm going to drink Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So I'm, you know, since we switched to Tuesdays, I try to switch it off and not, um, I'm going to the Padres game next week on Tuesday and doing like a, a lot of like fun things throughout the week. So I'm trying to like save my liver, I guess that so pace yourself a little bit Mm -hmm. yeah but i can give a full review of the stone seltzers so um there are four flavors watermelon lime mango black cherry and what's mandarin and i would say that let me look at my text to you alan i texted you my review um, earlier this or this weekend, I would say my order obviously first is watermelon, watermelon lime. If you get a chance to, and I'm wondering about distribution because when we're talking to the representatives from Stone after the match last week, um, you know they had said that it was going to be available through their distributors as well. I mean, obviously that's how they get it out to the the county all quickly. So I imagine other areas will have them soon. Uh, watermelon lime was my favorite. And then I think mango, mandarin, and then black cherry. I think black cherry gets a bad rep because 
Uh, that was my first like seltzer, like everyone's first seltzer, like White Claws, right? So I think it's just not uh, something that I, uh, the flavor I don't enjoy, but the bottles are really cool. They're like in glass bottles, like Topo Chico bottles, um, Viva Buenas, like in like engraved or embossed onto the bottle. So they're really cool. You can use them, reuse them for like flowers and stuff like that. So um, yeah, really good. Yeah, I figured uh, if they were releasing seltzers, we have our local seltzer expert review them and give us our take. Yeah. I tried a couple of them. I'm not a huge fan of seltzers, but I really enjoyed that watermelon lime. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a a nice, we, I, we had some last night when it was like super hot and I was like, I want a beverage. But um, uh, I had, it was that between that and a Buena Vesa. And usually I go with that, so I'm going right now. But uh, I tried some of those yeah. seltzers and they are fantastic. So go check them out. Um, I know that Stone is working on, on I want to say switching up some of the offerings at the stadium, but I know that they're looking into um, refreshing some of the offerings that are offered there. Uh, so hopefully you see some new Stone stuff out at the games. And if not, uh, enjoy what you have there. It's Buena Vesa for me at those soccer matches if I am drinking. Uh, yes. Yeah, so that's a little insight, little non-paid plug for Stone. Uh, yes. They do great for the team. Uh, they have some new product out that we ha have enjoyed, and I know that they're looking to improve uh, the in-game uh, offerings as much as possible. Uh, so keep an eye out for those changes. Yes. Uh, some other. You're good. No, I just say yes. Yep. Yeah. Some other uh, big news for San Diego Loyal is uh, Coach Landon Donovan was uh, named the Coach of the Month for June. Uh, Primarily because the team didn't lose. I heard it was uh, he was one and Braden Cloutier uh, was number two. Both Orange County and San Diego had a phenomenal month of June. Uh, but LD uh, muscling him out as we did on the pitch. Uh, he did as well for the uh, recognition. Uh, Well-deserved. And uh, I like that he highlighted the people that have helped him. Uh, reach that level of success. Uh, we know locally that um, he does what he does well, and those things that he doesn't do well, he finds really smart people uh, to do those things for him or with him. Uh, so much love to LD and the, how that reflects on the coaching staff as well. Any thoughts on that one, Marissa? I mean, uh, proud to be able to, you know, be in the presence of someone who winning, who's winning these accolades and um you know he does like you said have a, a great supporting cast so i think shout out to all of them as well um hopefully we'll get um these awards to actually have him speak louder at the post-match conferences because <laughs> uh you know it's we make a joke about it so hopefully that'll <laughs> maybe he'll get more enthusiastic at the with his voice so <laughs> i don't know yeah yeah, his, his post-game NPR conferences. Um, very yeah. soft-spoken, uh, but always great information and always willing to chat. Yeah. So congratulations, yeah. LD. Uh, some other things, just kind of news and notes from around. Um, so Pride Month is June, but San Diego, we get an extra little kick of pride uh, because uh, San Diego's pride is in the month of July. And so they are doing a Pride Night uh, this coming Saturday against Phoenix. 
there is the loud and proud section again. Um, so check out the social medias if you want to purchase into that section or spread that word around. Uh, there's um, there was a couple posts about it. One was a, a video of the CEO of San Diego Pride. I think that's what he's called, uh, or COO of San Diego Pride. It's uh, very well done. Uh, he speaks to what the uh, loud and proud section means, what it means for visibility, what it means for accessibility and representation. So if you have not seen that video, go check it out. Uh, it is a very well done video, and it was really cool to see him uh, speak about how important it is to have sections uh, like the Loud and Proud section on July 24th. Uh, and he encourages folks to go over there and sit with them and talk with them and hang out and remove that kind of um, the stigma that our LGBTQ plus uh, family in San Diego, they also enjoy sports. Uh, and that is okay. something that you guys can share in common and get to know them. Uh, so check out that video. Right. Uh, and just to reiterate, it's section 110, right? So if you're buying tickets or is, did they have a special link for them? I don't remember exactly. I'm trying I to think there's a link because they are having, uh, they're inviting the first 150 or so uh, to go party with the locals, the Chavos at their uh, tailgate, uh, the bum parking lot, if you will. Yes. Uh, so I believe there's a link for that um, on the esteemoil.com slash pride. So there you that's go. Um, and I believe pride parades were this. There were some this past weekend. I'm not sure if there's something coming this weekend, um, but uh, we get an extra month of pride here in San Diego. I feel like it goes on for two months, which is uh, okay. double the fun and double the recognition. And, and remember pride um, was a, a protest at first. So, Right. Um, yeah. All right. Moving yeah. along. Go ahead. It was last weekend was the parade on Saturday, but I was like, I thought I saw some, some things, <laughs> some, some posts, some frivolity, uh, in my time hop was there was a pride a few years ago where it was like pouring rain the whole time. Um, mm-hmm. that was a very interesting pride. And I had some, uh, some time hop videos of, us hanging out at, uh, I think the rail brass rail. And, uh, I forget the other one we went to, but it was packed with, uh, people who were trying to avoid standing in the rain. I think the parade went on as well. Uh, but a really fun day. Nice. Um, us open cup made an announcement that they are coming back, which is kind of a, I would just say kind of a big deal. It is a big deal. Uh, Sandy loyal fans have been waiting for this opportunity to participate in, what was the longest running uh, Open Cup in the world? Uh, obviously, they've canceled it, so it's no longer, but it is one of the older uh, Open Cups uh, or League Cups, if you will, in the world. Uh, so I know we were looking forward to that announcement, and it was made uh, a couple days ago uh, that they are starting back up again. Um, initial thoughts, Miss Marissa? I mean, I'm excited for more soccer, so... We'll see uh, how that shakes out in terms of um, timing. And I'm just looking at this, this announcement right now. So um, January 6th is when um, the open division birth allocation is announced. So it'll be quite some time before we actually know what that's going to actually mean for our club and, um, you know, when we play and where we play and who we play and stuff like that. But, it's exciting, you know, to get uh, an opportunity to 
to see more soccer here in this region, especially for the locals of San Diego. But I think just in general, uh, you know, I've been I've been loosely covering the Open Cup. You know, when I first started getting into uh, covering soccer uh, personally, I was writing recaps for um, Soccer Loco or Soccer Nation, um, DK's uh, little, um, his little project when he was working at Soccer Loco. So, um, yeah, it'll be nice to kind of integrate some extra knowledge with San Diego Loyal and hopefully um, there won't be too many um, changes in terms of like the team by that time, but who knows? We'll see. Yeah. Some important um, changes to the uh, rounding rounds is MLS teams or half of them, about half of them will enter in the third round, which is a little bit earlier around one round earlier. And I think this is what people have been calling for. I think some people have been calling for MLS teams to start in round one with everybody just throw everyone together. Everyone. It's just a random draw. Um, but uh, they are entering around around earlier which will lead to more matchups against MLS teams early on. Uh, and this is kind of the beauty of these cups, right? This is why we watch the FA Cup, why we like uh, Copa del Rey, for example, is this mm-hmm. big team going to this tiny little stadium where people are, like, drinking on their patios watching the match. And, like, you know, I think that was – I don't want to say it was Tottenham played a game like that this past year. And it is just kind of – it celebrates the cold, the soccer landscape and it allows um, teams that um, might not be selling tons of tickets to have a big MLS club come to their stadium. It's going to sell more tickets. Uh, it's going to mm-hmm. introduce some people to that team. Uh, and you have these David versus Goliaths. We've seen Orange County uh, Football Club beat Orange County Soccer Club uh, and then go on and beat Vegas and have a chance to play. I think it was uh, LA Galaxy. So this like this smaller mm-hmm. club uh, going to play this MLS club. Uh you had uh, New Mexico and St. Louis go on some pretty deep runs uh, recently. Mm-hmm. Um, the likelihood of a USL team winning this tournament is still relatively low, uh, but with the MLS teams entering sooner, it does increase the chance that uh, MLS teams will knock each other out and a USL team can can get further than they normally would. Uh, and there mm-hmm. is some financial um, incentive to getting further uh, in the open cup, I believe the, for each division, like division two, division three, uh, the furthest team that makes it along gets a financial, um, reward, if you will. It's not, it's not the end of the, I mean, it's not going to bonus. Yeah. It's not a lot. It's not like, you know, winning, uh, the, what is that game show winning survivor where you make a million bucks. It's like winning early RuPaul's drag race where you get like 10 grand and some free makeup. Um, or pl- or Plinko, like you won on Plinko, right? Like got the right chip down the prices, right? Yeah, but I think we've um, been looking forward to this because this gives gives San Diego an opportunity also to celebrate the teams that are here. Uh, we've been looking forward to Loyal playing 1904 ASC or Chula Vista, uh, and it gives yeah. these teams opportunities to kind of play each other in a competitive environment, right? We friendlies yeah. are great, but we want to see them head to head against a game that really that matters. Right, exactly. And I think, you know, if you're a supporter of one particular club, you know, like if like a big MLS club were to play at Loyal or 
whatever. Like I wouldn't take it as, oh man, like all these MLS supporters are going to come in and, and overtake our stadium. I think it's, it's a good nod to tradition, so to say, and, you know, hopefully competitive enough to potentially knock out one of the big, supposedly bigger teams, um, you know, in terms of uh, following and stuff like that. So that's exciting. And, and when we talked about last time about how important that Sholos match was to, um, you know, bringing this positive environment, uh, bridging the gap between teams, uh, but also kind of raising the level of if you're a USL team and you want to, you know, you're a guy hoping to make that next level, what better way to prove yourself than playing against an MLS team or getting that experience of what it's like to play an MLS team, either at home where your fans can push you uh, or on the road, getting a chance to travel and play some of these big clubs. Mm -hmm. Now, will MLS teams take this cup seriously or is this kind of a, um, some of the guys will, some of the teams will play MLS two sides early on. Uh, Mm -hmm. But if you can make it to the later rounds, I think there is an incentive for these MLS teams, whether you get the uh, CONCACAF Champions League uh, berth. So it, it will be, I think, depending on when Loyal enters and who they get matched up against, it should be a couple of a uh, couple of really fun games, uh, both first regionally, uh, but also maybe taking on a, a LA Galaxy or an LAFC, um, which I know um, there is a cro- like a lot of I don't say a lot. There's some San Diego folks who support crossover both of those teams, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, they are the closest yeah. MLS franchises. Uh, let's be real, right. like if you want to support an MLS team you're going to support an LA team um, or you're going to pick something because you hate LA. You're going to pick, you know, I don't know, Seattle or something crazy, which is just as silly. Um, But I'm looking forward to the open cup. Um, I'm looking forward to what that brings to San Diego and the region to highlight the good teams that are here and the great players that are here. Um, Any final thoughts about the open cup? No, I mean, I, you make a good point about the crossover, so it will be interesting. You know, it's, like I said, more soccer for us locally, but, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get a home match in there and not just, um, you know, a preview or, you know, a road match or whatever. And, yeah, it will be interesting for those crossover fans to see how how do they choose. Because <laughs> I know there was a lot of the crossover ones for Cholos and Loyal, you know, different leagues, not competitors, but, you know, do you – and I saw a lot of Sholos match so Sholos jerseys. Were they full on like Sholos, like all the way, never watched Loyal, or did they just choose Sholos because it was a friendly, right? And this one's gonna count. So we will see how that happens. So. Nice. Um moving along. We uh played a game uh, almost a week ago. It feels a little bit longer than that, but it yeah. was just a few uh, just a week ago. Uh, we decided we wanted to um, spot Orange County a a goal and a man, um, and, but still was able to come back and get the big W. Uh, what were your uh, initial reactions to this match, Marissa? You know, um, I think um, you can talk to the guy from, um, I forgot his name, uh, from each village times. Um I remember when we went down one goal, I was like, oh no, I was talking to Andy and Andy in the, in the stands. I was sitting there chatting about the match and then they had scored. And I was like, okay, we're going to win two, one. Like, you know, my thing is like all two, one. And I think I was mentioning this after the match. 
It's like I, for some reason, I had a really good feeling about the club, not just sitting back and like not fighting to win. Um, so coming back from that, I can, I can, I felt the, um, not the urgency, but more, I guess, the confidence on the pitch. Like it didn't seem like they were too rattled by that. Um, it just seemed like there was a lot more focus. Obviously the, the crosses in from Blake were just perfect. Like it was just like, Oh man, like this is upcoming. Right. And you don't always see that. Like, it's not like, Oh, whenever Blake goes down, like we know we're going to get a cross into the box. So it's just really nice to, for the guys to get that under their belt, a comeback win at home. Um, probably one of the best matches I've been to in a long time. Um, not just because of obviously supporting loyal, but you know, the vibe was there. It was a Wednesday night match, but still like good crowd. I think it was like 5,400. Um, so, you know, it just felt really good and, and to see that the, the support had, uh, really backed the guys up, um, from, you know, early, early, um, soccer days, I guess in San Diego, you know, we've always had a good crowd, but I think that was definitely something that I was really proud of at that moment to see. Yeah, it was um, of the f- six wins we've had this season, five of them have been 2-1, and several <laughs> of them, Loyal has given up the first goal. Um, so a a pretty consistent scoreline for them, although a much more creative way to win this match. Um, I was chatting with uh, some Orange County folks because uh, I did not see the first Grant Stoneman yellow card. I wasn't sure what. Uh, if that was actually yellow. Uh, I had some questions about those to begin with. Uh, it's great to know apparently that the league has, or that uh, the uh, Loyal has challenged that yellow card uh, and it has been appealed. Um, according to uh, Darren Smith, uh, that appeal has been upheld uh, and Stoneman will be available uh, for this match. Although you do have some yellow card accumulation that we need to keep uh, an eye out for for Stoneman, which um, we're not super surprised about. Uh, he plays uh, definitely with an edge, uh, but you can tell he was pretty upset after the match. Uh, maybe felt that he put his team in a in a bad position. Um, but uh, honestly, you look at both of those fouls. Uh, one isn't a foul at all, uh, and one uh, you might give a yellow card for. Um, so I'll give the official a benefit of the doubt on that one, and maybe give a yellow card to to that play. Uh, but the first one for sure. And it was very weird we was giving yellow cards for and what he wasn't. Um, a total of one, two, three, four, five, six yellow cards during that match. Um, two of those being the Grant Stoneman uh, yellow cards. So uh, some positive to come out of that match for sure. Um, some interesting for the first half. Um, if we want to talk about the first half first, uh, I thought Loyal played very well. I uh, thought they should have had a goal, although uh, Charlie Adams decided to play defender on both sides of the, the pitch um, and keep the ball out um, of the box. That was his first touch in the box. Remember Sean was telling us that yeah, stat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first touch, <laughs> his first touch in the six-yard box all season was to deny Ibarra a goal. Um, I think if that ball goes in, it's a completely different game for sure. Uh, Loyal will be up one goal, one um, 
Orange County would start to have to come out of their shell a little bit um, mm -hmm. and attack the match. Um, in the first half, uh, maybe a little bit uh, underperforming, zero shots on target to one for Orange County. Uh, it felt very much like San Diego was going to be um, in control of this one. Uh, they just needed to put the ball in the net. And we've seen this from time to time for them where right. uh, they have, I think that it says nine total shots, one big chance, hit the word woodwork twice. Uh, they dominated the possession of the ball. And the first half was exactly what you wanted except for goals. Uh, what do you think about the first half of the match? You know, you, you covered it. It was, I think we were talking about it a little bit. Um, I don't, I, maybe I was talking about it with Drew or you, um, cause I was hanging out over there by you guys, uh, the local sec section, um, you know, it's just kind of on the verge of, you know, the goal, right? Like the, they seem to, um, you know, almost get a chance, you know, it's like textbook loyal match, right? Like we always were like frustrated in the first half. It's, it'd be interesting to see how, um, you know, how that's played out over the season so far, you know, like we don't score until like the end or something like that. Like what's our average uh, time of goals for a score or whatever that, that is. I think you know what I'm talking about, but um, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, just in general, um, I didn't feel like it was very, um, it didn't was, it wasn't like frustrating, like in my, like it, it didn't seem like they were off. Like it felt like they were still controlling the match, um, in that sense and just not getting the end. I did believe that there was some creativity, you know, it was just a matter of getting to that next point. So it's kind of nice to see the trans transgression of, uh, matches throughout like it's I wasn't super frustrated at half it was just like all right like we'll see what happens right so um yeah that's my first half reaction yeah I I I, I thought again first half the ball was spent mostly in the Orange County part of the pitch uh it was interesting to me how absent Chris Weehan seemed to be from this match uh, didn't necessarily play too well um, I thought that that would be the side that uh, Orange County attacked, but it felt like they were trying to get, trying to do what we were doing to them on their left-hand side to our left-hand side with Brent Richards coming higher. It seemed like the ball managed to find its way to the right-hand side for both teams. Um, and um, I, I thought that they kept Orange County kind of in exactly where they wanted um, wanted to be. Um, mm -hmm. I thought that um, most of the play was on the right. There was a couple good looks. Um, I thought it was also kind of a flashback to last year's setup. Um, this is the first time we've seen um, a bunch of the statistics where it's showing San Diego in a 3-5-2 versus the 4-4-2. Um, it was a very similar setup to this previous year or for this year, but I thought Jack Metcalf was able to get really high a lot of the time um, and ended up, uh, kind of statistically being a 3-5-2 in attack, a 4-4-2 in defense. Um, but because we had so much of the ball and we were attacking so well, uh, it Jack Metcalf kind of got labeled as this extra midfielder, um, which was interesting. I thought Charlie Adams getting a little higher was also um, an interesting setup. Uh, Guido and Corey Herzog up top. Uh, so we gave Orange County a slightly different look. I'm not sure it necessarily paid off. In the way we would like it to, 
Um, but we um, we kind of saw a, a different wrinkle to what they were doing. And I think that um, we're going to see some of this from time to time, right? We can't play the same way against the same team four times in a row. You have to show them different looks in order to um, kind of throw them off. And I thought Orange County did the same thing. They Instead of sitting back, they tried to play with uh, San Diego, which was also a little bit surprising. I thought they'd sit back a little bit deeper and defend. Uh, they tried to do that against RGV on the weekend. Uh, it did not pay off for them as well. Um, all right, second half. Uh, Stoneman gets his red card in the 60th. Uh Elijah Martin gets uh, it subbed on for Charlie Adams, which I thought was very interesting. Uh, and we're playing down a man and then Orange County scores. You mentioned this a little bit, but what was going through your mind uh, in the 67th minute uh, when Arrow Markinen puts Orange County up for the first time? Yeah. Um, you know, I think I want to make a comment about Elijah coming in. Um, I was uh, chatting with the, another gentleman in the in the press box about it, and it was it was not surprising to me because I know Charlie controls a lot of the mid. But I was like, okay, they're in protection mode. Like, do not, you know, need fresh legs in the back. Make sure that no one in the back gets beat. Um, Elijah is a little fi firecracker down there, <laughs> you know, and, and he's always, you know, if he loses the ball, you see him following up, you know, so I think that that was a really strong move from Loyal to bring him in despite his, you know, size, I guess, you know, I don't know if that, that doesn't really play. I don't, I don't like fault him for that. Um, I think it's more so um, his speed and his attacking fresh legs that would help them, you know, obviously luckily it paid off. Um, but you know, it was, it was not surprising to me. Um, they were just like, okay, we got to go protect our, our, our net. Uh, Cause we're gonna, we're gonna come back in here. So when um, Arrow scored, um, obviously this guy, I don't know if you, if you know, if you have not followed this person before he's huge, I think he's like, I don't know, six, five. <laughs> so he looks like he's six, five uh, on the pitch. Um, so it's not surprising that he was just a strong force there um, and being down a man, I'm sure that played, played into um, them scoring and um, you can kind of see it play. If you watch the, them score and you watch the replay back, you can see how like, okay, like this is, they're going to score. Like it just didn't, it wasn't a good feeling, I guess. Um, and I don't think Trey made a bad like it wasn't like an error on his part. It was just a matter of like not being able to cover the guys and it went really quickly. And unfortunately uh, they scored, but I don't think it phased the guys. How about you? What did you think? Um, I thought that there was like a little bit of dip, like, uh, uh, like yeah. not necessarily inevitability, but just like you've been defending and uh, you should have been up. Uh, but now you are, <laughs> Now you're down a goal, down a man, and that's just like oh, we've been. We should have been up already. We should have had this in the bag, um, mm -hmm. and then we let up a goal, and it's like all right. I, I felt there was maybe a little bit of like a, uh, and then kind of an immediate response of all right, let's pick it back up again, uh, and let's keep fighting because we still have plenty of time. And I think um, San Diego's been on the receiving end 
of a late comeback. And I, I think when you see other teams do that to you, you're like, we, we can't let that happen again. And also we believe that we can also make that happen as well. Uh, I thought the fans did the same thing. It was like a couple, maybe like a minute of just like, ah, oh, there's no way we're winning this now. We're down a man, but it's like the, the fans kept the energy up. The supporters group kept singing, kept chanting, and you believed that you could get one. You believed that by the way the game was going, it looked like, hey, these players are fighting for this. Hey, this can happen. And, <laughs> and we're back. Just like Loyal fought back to get back in this one. I had to come back. And I was like, you just like cut off. I was like, oh, and my face is like, huh, what's going on? Uh, so I think there was just like a little bit of lull. And then, uh, you know, it was less than, what, seven minutes later. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Montgomery gets on the end of a free kick. And once that free kick is called, you're like, hey, like we can score. Like we're this is an open play. Yeah. It's a set piece. We can do this. Yeah. And if you look at that goal, uh, Corey Herzog runs and makes a run kind of in the middle, not really near post, but toward the, toward the near post and three orange County defenders get pulled with him. And they're like, Oh, it's going to be the striker. And then Montgomery makes this like back post run and just beats his defender for an open header. And it was a, like you said, it was an absolute beautiful cross in. Um, and Montgomery are a, a defender who went from, uh, the kind of playing that left back position, he moved to take Stoneman's position when um, Elijah Martin came in, which I thought was you, usually if a center back goes out, you're like, oh, we're going to bring in a center back. It's like we already have one on the pitch, and he's a phenomenal defender. Uh, it allows um, Elijah Martin to come in, um, and that first goal goes in, and then you just got to believe that you can get another one. Um, and we do. Yeah. What were what were you thinking when that second one goes in? Well, I was I was smiling just now. If you guys are watching us on live, you should watch us on YouTube. Um, shameless plug there. Um, to me coming in, and he came in in the thirty seventy third minute, and then like seventy second, seventy six. Sorry, got my numbers messed up. Um, he scores, and I think. Well, that's the second header he, he did with OC against OCSE. Um, so I guess it's like he only scores headers. Um, but I think, you know, just, you know, watching to me all last year and just seeing maybe a little bit of frustration from a fan's perspective of him getting the ball, being really excited on it, but maybe not having as much control that, I mean, I, I think I've said this before on the podcast, he reminds me of um, Iwobi. Um, in the EPL because he gets the ball and he's just super excited and just like, okay, like, is it going to do anything? Is going to control it and get to the end? So I was really happy for him to get that. And, uh, you know, um, obviously for loyal to go, to go up to one, it was just an epic feeling in that stadium um, to, you know, go down, go down a man, go down a goal. And then, you know, to be up, and still, you know, it was what the 76 minutes. So we still had the opportunity for OCSE to come back. I mean, they were still down a man. So, but I just didn't feel that 
they were going to do all of that to get back to score two one and then let it go and let it slip through their hands. So, yeah, I think we were a little bit fortunate that we caught Orange County when we did. Uh, they don't have a ton of depth right now, and they were playing again on the weekend, um, and so they didn't really have the substitutes to bring on to freshen things up the way they wanted to uh, because they knew they had to give guys minutes um, the next uh, that next weekend. Uh, you had guys like uh, Kobe Henry, uh, McTagg, um, who both played on the weekend. Um, you have guys who are sitting on the bench for them right now who just aren't match fit yet. Um, they only brought uh, one, two, three, four, five outfield subs. One of the sub, uh, the sixth sub was their um, one of their goalkeepers. Uh, so we really kind of caught them in a situation where. Um, we had the ability to do what we did. You catch them out, you you push them, uh, you score a couple goals, and they don't really have guys to put in to change the game up too much. They had to rely on the guys they had. Uh, and like we said earlier, um, Chris Weehan kind of wasn't really – he didn't really show up the way you would expect him to. Um, Brian Olosky, uh also the same thing, kind of had an underwhelming game. Um and their defenders just kind of fell asleep from time to time. They didn't have the best defensive game. Uh, and they hadn't mm-hmm. given up a goal in like 400 and something minutes. And we put two on them down a man. Um, some other interesting statistics uh, from this one. Uh, San Diego had five shots on target. All of those came in the second half. Uh, all of the five shots on target came in the second half. Uh, so that just shows you that this is one of the misnomers about Soccer is everyone thinks, oh, you're down a man. It's like being down a man at hockey or indoor soccer where you're at a distinct disadvantage. Uh, it sometimes makes it harder for the attacking team because your def- guys are sitting back and defending more. Um, and then uh, in the case of the second goal, it felt like Orange County felt like we're an extra guy up there. We're drawn. We can kind of sit back and we knew we have the extra guy, but Elisha Martin, like literally walked the ball up the pitch was like, no one challenged him. No one pressured him. Like that run he made was like right at the supporter section. And you can see him kind of like looking left and right. Like I'm sh- I should pass it now. I'm playing on the defense. I'm a, we're down a man and I'm a defender. I don't, I shouldn't bring the ball up, but they just kept get- It was like the defense parted and allowed him to make this run down mm-hmm. the field. And I'm like, just keep running, just keep running, just keep running. And much like some of his earlier, um, we've seen him do this before is he doesn't necessarily get an assist. He doesn't necessarily get credit for this on a score sheet, but the Mm -hmm. ball he plays to Jack Blake sets up Jack Blake, a deflection Mm -hmm. happens and pops right to Toomey Moshabani puts a beautiful header on it. And this is why this was kind of, San Diego did to Orange County what Sacramento did to San Diego earlier. Their guys were just gassed, uh, maybe mm-hmm. uh, on the back on their back heels, and San Diego took advantage of it, uh, put in more energy, uh, and was able to come out with probably the best. I wouldn't say probably the best. It was one of the best wins in franchise history. I know that's not saying a whole lot, uh, but to be in front of fans to see this. Um, I would put this up there with like that three, two away win against Phoenix. Um, the only difference is there's fans in the stadium. So it felt special. It felt like, I don't know what time I went to bed that night. Cause it was just like, <laughs> I was watching replays and people yeah. were chatting and 
Uh, well, we were hanging out at the stadium till late. <laughs> People were like, oh, are you going to go out and celebrate? I'm like, well, I'm sober by now. I'm not trying to go out, but I need some rest. But it was like still very lively down there um, post-match. So. Yeah, you can tell no one really wanted to go home because it was such yeah. like an exciting, exciting game. Uh, and people just wanted to keep talking about it. And so this is um, loyal have yet to lose uh, in the month of June or July. Um, and now we come up against uh, arguably one of the best teams in the league in uh, Phoenix, uh, Phoenix rising um, do 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 has let me click over it they have two draws and two losses one of those losses and both of those draws no one of those draws both of those draws we have two draws against them right nope we won one they won one and a draw so one of the losses and one of the draws are against san diego uh the other draws against charlotte and the other losses against tampa bay both of those on the road uh but outside of san diego um, they haven't lost a match since March 15th outside of that San Diego match. So they're going to come in and they're going to want to win this one. Um, they're yeah. going to want to, they're coming off of a five nil victory against Los Dos. Um, they just absolutely destroyed them. Um, which is not surprising. They've played Los Dos very well. Um, everyone's on- played Los Dos. <laughs> Yeah, they're Los Dos is struggling right now, which is a, which is a surprise. They started off pretty hot. Uh, they mm-hmm. beat Orange County four to three, and then the wheels have kind of fallen off of their twenty twenty one campaign. Uh, but we get Phoenix coming in: uh, eight wins, two lo- draws, two losses, thirty one goals for, ten goals allowed on twenty six points after twelve matches. Uh, what are we expecting this weekend against Phoenix Rising? Hmm. Well, I'll talk from the fans' perspective and the atmosphere. It's going to be a hot one again in San Diego. Um, I think people are super excited about Phoenix coming to town again. Um, I think that the the momentum and I I don't necessarily believe in momentum in soccer this way. Um, I think the confidence of the guys will really help. Um, I, as far as expectations, um, I think it's going to be very chippy (laughs) a lot, uh, almost similar to like the Oakland game um, just because it's going to be like, you know, top two teams in the, you know, or the hottest team in, in the division right now. And one of the historical ones, uh, historically great in this division. Um, makings of a rivalry, I'd assume, uh, depending on, I mean, obviously the fans have already made it a rivalry. There's a lot of banter going back and forth all the time, but I think, you know, um, loyal maybe potentially have not felt like they could compete or maybe the players have not thought like, okay, like this is like our rival. Maybe they just look at everyone the same, but I think maybe if I were a player knowing I'm um, unbeaten at home and I have a lot to look forward to in terms of uh, the, the play and, and the success of the last couple of matches. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, 
But, you know, San Diego sports always happens. So we'll see um, if that, you know, plays into any of the the nerves that maybe are surrounding some of the players uh, on that on the pitch that day. What are you thinking about? Yeah, I think both teams come into this one with something to prove. I think uh, Phoenix Rising wants to um, end San Diego's uh, unbeaten streak at home uh, and wants to, again, further uh, establish themselves as the team to be in the USL uh, to kind of avenge the previous loss. Um, I, I think that they're the the rivalry is always probably bigger between the fans and the players on the pitch. Uh, but I can tell that Phoenix wants to beat San Diego and San Diego wants to beat Phoenix, right? This is Phoenix wants to beat the plucky upstarts, the, you know, the young team in the division to say, no, this is still our division. And until you take it from us, we don't believe that you are even in the conversation of excellence that we are. Um, and then San Diego wants to prove them wrong. Uh, San Diego wants to say, uh, yes, you have been dominant in the Pacific before, but we are here to play. Uh, we are here to show that we can beat anybody on any given game. And um, right now the teams are kind of head-to-head pretty even. Um, mm-hmm. I believe San Diego's won two. Um, Phoenix is won two, and there was one draw. Obviously the uh, walk-off uh, from last year means that they have technically one more win. Uh, but I, I think this is this is the game that uh, people circled on the calendars at the beginning of the, the beginning of the season, right? This was mm-hmm. um, and the and Phoenix and San Diego will continue to be the game that people circle because something entertaining and exciting is going to happen. And I think if you talk to some Orange County supporters, uh, they're going to tell you that that 2-1 game was really exciting to watch. It didn't end the way they wanted it to end, but it was a, a very entertaining, uh, attacking-minded game. Uh, no one went in there to try to like get the draw or get a point and get home. Uh, and I think that's what we're going to see here is Phoenix Rising is going to say, hey, you beat us at home before. We're here to beat you at home. Uh, and Loyal wants to keep that undefeated streak going. Uh, I think it's going to be a tough one. Um, Usually um, Lambert gets called up to um, the Jamaican national team, uh, but he did not for the Gold Cup. Uh, so he is still on the pitch. So we're going to see a really strong uh, Phoenix rising team. They don't play again until the next weekend, so there's not a midweek game from the rest of anybody. We're going to see the best that Phoenix rising has to offer. And I think San Diego's up for it. I think Jack Metcalf and Elijah Martin are up for it uh, with guarding down the wings. Uh, I think the center backs are up for it against, you know, Dadashoff. Um, Phoenix has a really good midfield. Um, and unlike years past where they've given up tons of goals, Rising is the best defensive team in uh, the division with 10 goals allowed, which is still less than Oakland Roots. <laughs> and Oakland Roots have played eight to, versus 12 matches. Um, but, you know, Orange County was the second best. Uh, at 13, and we saw we were able to uh, to score a couple on them. Uh, so I, I expect this to have fireworks. Uh, I expect there mm-hmm. to be some yellow cards. I expect there to be some <laughs> heated exchanges. Uh, I expect there to be some Twitter meltdowns. Um, and um, I, I think this is 
Um, this these two teams are two of the more interesting matchups. Um, I think even for neutrals, if you're going to say, uh, what game do I watch this weekend? Um, I, I think a lot of people are saying uh, this is definitely one to watch. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what San Diego lines up like and what they're able to do against uh, Phoenix. Mm-hmm. This is kind of a this is the last time we play until if and when we meet in the postseason. So this is the last time you can really set up and say, hey, uh, this is who we are. We are, you know, we can go toe-to-toe with the best in the Pacific. Yeah. um, My goal is to be there, um, but I'm hoping uh, there's some other things going on and uh, I'm trying to make it. So uh, hopefully... I'll be able to go and, and experience the everything that you just said uh, and, you know, really see uh, what Loyal brings to the table. So, you know. Yeah, I think head-to-head, um, there's been two, more than two and a half goals every game, um, more than four and a half cards, four out of the five matchups. Um, without a clean sheet, six, uh, all six matchups. Um and so some of these obviously include the walk-off. Some of them don't. But mm-hmm. uh, even if you include the walk-off more than two and a half goals, it's pretty much every time we see each other. And right. sometimes we end up on the bad side of that. Uh, and sometimes we end up on the good. But there's going to be some goals scored. There's going to be some cards. Uh, both mm-hmm. teams scoring, it says, uh, eight out of the ten matchups, both teams have scored. Um, so it's... Uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fun. Uh, the past. Well, yeah. Also, I think, you know, it's uh, when I want when I look at this sofa score like prediction, you know, who who will win? Um, usually it's always Phoenix like lopsided. So right now it's uh, how many people have voted um, total, like about 60 people and it's 54 percent loyal. So um, home field advantage. Finally, one time in San Diego. I don't know. So we'll see. Um, we have a lot to, you know, we've seen a lot over the last couple months. So um, it'll be interesting to see uh, how they yeah. apply that. Phoenix is 2-1-2 two, and two on the road. Uh, and San Diego is 5-1-0 and oh, uh, win, draw, loss at home. home. So I think that's what mm-hmm. some people are kind of looking at is, uh, Phoenix Rising, six goals scored, six goals against on the road, seven points in five games. San Diego is 16 points in six games at home. So I think it's if you're looking at purely statistics um, and, and you would look at this and say, you know, San Diego should probably win, uh, if not get a draw. But mm-hmm. uh, Phoenix is a tough team, and they're going to go. I think this is going to be a big matchup for them as well, uh, kind of a way to – start the second third of the season, right? We're kind of in that middle yeah. third. And um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to Phoenix is tough to beat at home. 25 goals for four goals against, like I said, six goals for six goals against in five games. Uh, so it'll be interesting. Uh, I'm looking forward to this one. Um, any last thoughts from you regard uh, about Phoenix or anything? Are we, are we doing predictions? Oh, well, I know where you're going to go. 
So go ahead, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Two one loyal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, five out of the six wins are two to one, and that's. I mean, I don't think we destroy Phoenix. I don't think we get like a two nil, three nil. I I agree, it's probably going to be a nice two one victory. Um, obviously, uh, if you get a draw, then you pretty much split the series against Phoenix. Which, if you go into this year saying we're gonna we're gonna get, they're gonna get four points on us. We're gonna get four points on them. I think we take that. But this is the opportunity to get that upper hand. Um, and I don't think we're gonna win the goal differential against Phoenix this year, the head to head. So they're gonna own that second tiebreaker. Um, but I, I would rather get the win uh, than worry about that GD against Phoenix. So I agree, a, a two one victory is in store for San Diego. Nice. Any final thoughts? No, I think, uh, you know, we covered a lot. Uh, I think if you're not watching Loyal, this is probably the match to watch. At least go to the matches and, you know, hang out with the locals. Or, you know, I, I think there was some discussion around, you know, filtering these chants into the rest of the um, stadium. And you don't have to be a, a chanter all the time. I'm not one of those. Um, but it's really exciting to go um, see your local club do well. So um, if you haven't gone to a match yet, I think this is one to try to get tickets. If it hasn't already been sold out, I, I don't know how uh, those tickets are going yet, but um, definitely check it out if you can't. Nice. Uh, any other thoughts outside of San Diego soccer? Anything? <laughs> Oh, I guess we should say, are we saying what I'm saying? I don't know. If you haven't caught it, um, I'm moving to Tennessee in, in three weeks, less than three weeks. So, yeah, I'm going to try not to uh, be sad about it. This is a really cool adventure for my me, and uh, I'm super excited about it. And, um, you know, I've been in San Diego for eight years. I'm originally from here. I was in New York for 10 years. So, it's very um, bittersweet to leave. It's kind of like shedding an old, you know, an onion, I guess, you know, when you peel back the layers, right? Um, so I'm, you know, I'm really excited for this new change. I'm going to be involved as much as I can. Um, obviously, we we don't know what that looks like in terms of the fair weather podcast right now, but um, I'm going to miss the San Diego soccer scene. So uh, stay tuned uh, if there's any like going away things that I don't have any plans right now it's just hit me up if you want to grab a drink or grab a seltzer so to say um from stone <laughs> but that's my news that's my personal news but uh, i'll try i'll still be involved as much as i can uh, with the time zones <laughs> so yeah you're uh you're leaving your san diego cocoon and you're gonna be a butterfly in yes. tennessee um yeah yeah, we just want to say thank you for what you've done. Obviously, we want to keep you involved as much as possible. Um, mm -hmm. But what that looks like will be kind of up in the air until you get your feet flat, uh, planted and you can kind of figure out where you mm -hmm. are and what you're doing. Um, and we um, will definitely miss you uh, here in San Diego. Mm -hmm. We'll miss you in uh, on the podcast. Uh, and uh, we will miss your, um, what's that word? producing making us look yeah. good um Thank you. and 
Yeah, and you've done a lot to help this podcast look as professional. Um, probably the the most professional part about what we do. Uh, so we <laughs> wanted to say thank you. Um, thank and you. obviously, again, we'd like to keep you as much involved as possible. But um, yeah. We'll leave that open ended so it's not a goodbye it's a uh we will see you later uh yeah. there are a smattering of tickets left if you want to hop into that uh phoenix rising match if you haven't gotten tickets uh please do um it looks like the loud and proud section has zero seats available uh, but that might be blocked out if you are using the link so that's probably why those right. aren't available uh, but hop on it um invite some invite a friend uh they will be entertained for sure um and then after this we have um it's it's a while again until we're back at home uh on the 14th we do have a game on the road against our next one's uh, sorry august 7th um so uh we will see you guys uh next time and when we will talk about hopefully a 2-1 uh san diego loyal victory over the bitter rivals the Chandler slash Phoenix Rising. Yes. Bye. This and every episode is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. You can find other podcasts on BGN.fm. The Fairweather Podcast is also sponsored by Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at icarusfc.com.